Hey, welcome to the Hell Has an Exit podcast. I'm your host, Brian Alzate. This show is not affiliated with any specific 12-step program. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind, please call 833-999-1877 to speak to a specialist. The show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com. All right. Hey, welcome to Hell Has an Exit. I'm your host, Brian Alzate. On this show, we interview a lot of different types of people, uh, mainly a lot of recovering addicts. I have my boy Zuli on the show. What up? What up? If you guys can, like, subscribe on YouTube. If you have Apple Podcasts, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that podcasts play, we are on there. So tell a friend to tell a friend if you want to support the show. You know, text it to, you know, your family group chat, whatever you can. More people listening, the more people we can help out and give some hope to. So it's so funny because I was—I haven't done 75 hard in probably almost a year. I didn't want to do it because I was just like so over it. Because when you fail, I failed so many times at doing it that I was just like, fuck 75 hard. Like I was just like over it. I don't know what happened, but honestly, it's like the only thing that's ever got me in really good shape. Yeah. Like, bro, I've gone to the gym, ate healthy, thought I was trying my hardest. <laughs> And it's like, bro, I still weigh the same thing. 75 hard is the only thing that has ever really got me super lean and like in sick shape. Yeah, man. It's crazy that, you know, I barely see you. Yeah. And then I come over here to do an episode with you. And then all of a sudden we're talking about 75 hard, looking at some books and so forth. I'm like, yo, I just (laughs) tried doing it. You know, I got like 32 days in and that's a lot though. 32 days is crazy, right? Man, it's crazy, dude. Doesn't it feel wild? Like when you're in your groove... You just feel like like there's no other feeling than being like really into seventy. The mental heart. toughness is what he talks yeah. about, you know, and that mm-hmm. you know what I got off on? It was basically telling people that I was doing this mm-hmm. and and they're like, Oh, what does it you know, what, what do you have to do? do? I'm like, Oh, you gotta drink a gallon of water a day. Oh, easy, no problem. People are like, oh, oh, that's easy. I'm like, Yeah, do you really drink a gallon of water per day? I don't yeah, think so. Try it. Um, read ten pages for a nonfiction book, mm-hmm. which that was never consistent for me. You know, I yeah. would read a little bit throughout the year, but yeah, read you know, a little bit here and there, whatever, audiobooks. Yeah, yeah. But to sit down and physically read every single day yeah. to do anything every single day is hard consistency is key yeah. right we always say that it's so easy to say that and and then not yeah. do it you know when everybody wants everybody's someone, consistent like, oh, it's so easy. everybody's consistent at the beginning of the year you know mm-hmm. I, for me it's always trying to be consistent 365 days of the year, year round. you know but yeah 75 hard i probably felt the best that i've ever felt yeah like when i was doing it the water was a huge thing mm-hmm. staying hydrated the diet just no mm-hmm. sweets for me no yeah, fried food. Zero, zero. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And then reading was a big thing for me because that's yeah. always been a goal of mine to mm-hmm. be able to read a, a book, mm-hmm. you know, cover to cover all the way, mm-hmm. you know, but discipline, not like, oh, read two pages yeah. here, three pages here, uh-huh. like, you know, just read for 15, 20 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like, it's crazy. Are you a gun guy too? I have one. Okay. Yeah. I have one Ruger nine millimeter. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm just, just wondering. Enough to protect. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Black is the hat. I saw the hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Shout out to Black Rifle Company. Oh, there yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's my favorite coffee shop when I go to Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 75 hard is no joke, bro. I think, but yeah, traveling and doing 75 hard is insane. I, I did it when I went to Colorado, and I used to always say, like, who the fuck can eat good on vacation? And I proved to myself that it was possible. But then when I went to Cancun, yeah. man, I couldn't do it. I fucked up and ate pizza and tacos. It was so crazy. And then when you fail, you just say, 
like it is like relapsing. It, it felt just like a relapse. Like, I, I was you, driving you went across. Off the deep end? Yeah, I went off the deep end. No, it, it wasn't the deep end. Like right off the bat, it probably took a couple of days, and then <laughs> just like a relapse. And then just like a relapse. Like, oh, you know, I, I messed up one time, uh-huh. and then I just kept going. I still worked out again because yeah. I said, let me just kind of keep something consistent, yeah. and I realized that I want like a Nutella crepe or something mm-hmm. like that. So I had one of those. And then f- since then, it's been off the chain. Then the holidays <laughs> and then, then uh, uh-huh. Christmas came up and all that. So it's like, it's so hard to keep it yeah. consistent, you know? I'm going to start up again though. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm on, this is day one for me. I still have to Oof. finish my 10 pages and I probably need to drink like three more bottles of water. How hard is it to drink the bottles of water? Because you just pee like crazy, um, bro. It's what like... I would do is just, I just buy the gallon of water mm-hmm. and I just buy like, let's say seven for mm-hmm. the week. You buy seven gallons. Yeah, of water. seven gallons, and then I, if I go out of the office yeah. or something, then I just fill up the the water bottle. Uh-huh. But no matter what, I keep a measurement based on the bottle, so I yeah. see going half. If I'm halfway by like one p.m. Mm-hmm. or like a little bit more than halfway, then I know I'm good. Yeah, then I don't have to be chugging water. I just at the end hate of the night. because like I'm like driving in a car or whatever, and it's like you gotta take a thousand pits. You gotta pee like every two seconds. <sighs> so annoying. So sometimes I'll, I'll drink a, a bottle before I go to the gym. I drink one at the gym. I drink like one on the way home. I've already got three down there, so I only have to drink five more throughout the day. But sometimes I'm like, fuck, I'm just not going to drink water until like I get home because like I just drink four Yo, bottles That's another house. thing. Yeah, especially I for people that drive, if they drive around a lot, so hard. I don't know how they- They how piss they, in bottles. Yeah, like, yeah for you. sure. There's no for way. Sure. Like I, over every second. It was like pissing. Another piss, another piss, another yeah. piss. It's like so annoying. Yeah. But I Did think you it's- Did you join the Facebook group? No, I didn't. The Facebook group was cool because you would see like pregnant women pushing their children on sleds in like the dead of winter in Michigan. And you'd be like, wow, this bitch is badass, you know? So you would get inspired by seeing like so many different people doing 75 hard, but- um, I and, saw a dude they, with a shirt, like yeah. at the airport, 75, 75 hard. hard. I wanted to go like yeah, chop uh, it up with him. Like, yeah. hey, you 75 hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's definitely, I, I got so many people to do it. I probably got like 20 people to do it. Yeah, we had a group chat going. Yeah, I had a group and chat And then like, everybody too. was like, but why do you have, like, start questioning stuff. I just left the group. I was like, all right, yo, like, these oh, people yeah, aren't, they like, they aren't ready. Yeah. You know, it's like, until you're ready, yeah, you're willing to, like, you know, you're willing clean. to listen. But, you know, why does it have to be a nonfiction book? A or... one gallon of water is not healthy. Yeah, like, it's that's not... like too much water. <laughs> why do you, why does it have to be outside? My garage is like outside. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah people, people that are listening. So we're talking about 75 hard, which is a challenge that Andy Frisella came up with. You can uh, Google Andy Frisella 75 Hard Podcast, and he explains the entire challenge. Basically, for 75 days, you have to drink a gallon of water, read 10 pages out of a nonfiction book, take a before and after picture, work out twice a day for 45 minutes at least. One needs to be outside. That's it, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And there's an app you could download. But it's definitely a difficult, life-changing challenge. I've never even completed it. I've done it like four or five times. But yeah. even just attempting it, something that it's a mental thing yeah. it's like you're telling yourself hey look i'm gonna do this and yeah. this this requires you to be consistent every single, single day. day so if you can do it with that imagine what and you being can do honest with, with yourself there's yeah. so many times where i would fail and be like nobody I, would know nobody would know it's it was just the picture you <laughs> just know like when, I, when was, I use drugs and my mom yeah. no my mom would never know my mom would <laughs> exactly. never know poor yeah, mom it's just weed whatever yeah yeah so uh lace with coke yes <laughs> I never wasted my cook like that, <laughs> I but <did. laughs> some people did. So I actually don't know your whole story. So you're from, you're one of the first people, not one of the first, but I think you're, I've specifically go, remember going out to eat with a bunch of people and someone pointing at you and being like, oh, that's, you know, Zuli, he's got so such and such years clean. And you were young. And I remember being like, wow, it's cool that there's like 
at that place that we went to go eat, there was like multiple young people with years clean, you know, and it was just cool to see that. So you've been clean for 12 years. You got clean at 21. Yep. Born and raised in Miami? Born and raised in Miami, County of Dade. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy that you talk about like when we went out to eat, you know, because I'm like, how did I end up in Broward so <laughs> early on with people? Like, yeah. who are those people? Are there anyone around other than you and me? You know, it's like mm-hmm. time just flies by, yeah. you know, uh, when you're clean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not when you're getting high. Yeah. But yeah, I got clean at 21. Like, uh, I don't know if you want me to get into my story yeah, so yeah. forth. Where did you start using? What was childhood like? Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, shout out to your podcast, man. Hell has an exit. Hell has an exit. It's definitely very difficult for a podcast and, and so forth. So, I, you know, I, I respect that I a that. lot. You. you know, I know. It's about being consistent. Yeah, yeah. It's about yeah. being consistent. I know we started one A to Z FBC, but it's been very difficult to keep up with the content and so mm-hmm. forth. So, I know anyone trying to do this, like, could Brian a, a break. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's, doing his, he's doing his best. That's what matters. You know, yeah. at least he's doing it. You know, I got three sisters. Grew up in Miami. My dad's Pakistani. You know, mm-hmm. my mom's Cuban. It's a very odd mix. You know, everything was pretty cool, bro. Baseball, a lot of sports mm-hmm. growing up. Grandparents, tight, tight family niche. And we just did our thing. You asked me earlier, you know, to share your story and so forth. And for me, I was like, man, I don't remember the last time I kind of shared Share the whole thing. The whole thing. So I was thinking about certain things like on the way up. You know, like a lot of us or a lot of stories I've heard is that people feel like insecure growing up. You know, and I think it happens like around like eight, nine, 10 years mm-hmm. old when you start noticing things. And you start seeing how your family, you know, the type of car that you're, that my dad was driving to, you school, know, yeah. to school and seeing mm-hmm. other kids and what cars they were in. In the beginning, I blame my addiction and my craziness on my parents. But, you know, as you get older, mm-hmm. you realize that they just did the best with what they got, you yeah. know, at least for me. You know, I started using around 11 years old. I remember smoked my first cigarette, stole it from my grandma yeah. and got caught. <laughs> so I was I was already not going to be a good not addict. Good addict yeah. yeah, yeah. So I got caught real early. But I always loved like the lying, cheating, manipulating, mm-hmm. getting my way, being spoiled. You know, did being, you get like influence from like older kids or you were just like, you did it like unprovoked? I probably wanted to fit in for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think a, a part of me is still to this day, you know, mm-hmm. I, I want to be, you know, I want to fit in. I just know that I know my worth, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't have to like step to certain boundaries or get taken advantage of anymore. But that's the blessing of being clean and being mm-hmm. in recovery. But at least growing up when you don't have that type of conversation with your parents about like insecurities and yeah. how you're feeling mm-hmm. you know it's just it's just weird you know and then seeing kids in the neighborhood like doing bad things and smoking weed you're like oh i want to try that you know and mischief yeah you know and you, like anything else everything starts off by having fun mm-hmm. you know everything was about having fun skateboarding and just freaking hitting mm-hmm. up downtown and getting arrested at fiu and the security mm-hmm. chasing us down mm-hmm. and jumping into the lake like who cares you know it didn't yeah. really matter because i was still going to go to school i didn't have no bills to pay mm-hmm. so it didn't really matter and like I had this like feeling as a kid, like we're kids, fuck it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like there was other kids that like I grew up with that were like, oh, we're gonna get in trouble, and I would just be like, we're young, like we're like wait, we're like I just had this idea that like nothing's gonna happen, you know? That's what happened, you know. Um, I think for me, like around twelve, you know, I started smoking more, mm-hmm. and then like I really wanted to do it like all the time, you know, skip class, and then skip school mm-hmm. and then it just kind of progressed you know because like for me you know, we always kind of like bounce around like like neighborhoods we moved from like one neighborhood to the next so like i always switch schools mm-hmm. so you know for me i never had like that i don't have friends from elementary school yeah. you know i don't have that anymore like not that that i like i'm like wow my life would be much mm-hmm. better with that but i'm just saying that i don't know what that looks like yeah 
you know? So when I got to high school, my parents were going through a divorce mm -hmm. and it was like an ugly divorce. I, I don't know any better. I just know I have two little sisters that I have to look after. Like, and I think my dad's the enemy because my mom said he was. Mm -hmm. So I just had to listen to like what my mom was saying, you know? And again, like my mom, she did the best with what she knew or like the knowledge she had at that time to how to raise kids. So it's not like her fault, you mm -hmm. know, cause it's like, there's no manual to it. You know, you try your best with what you have, you know, but like my grandfather's an alcoholic. Uh, my aunt's an alcoholic. My mom's an addict. You know, when they divorced, she just went off the deep end. And that's when I mm -hmm. decided to go off the deep end, you know. And what was she using? She was just using pills. Mm -hmm. That was her thing, you know. And, you know, and I just started being crazy, you know. Um, I remember getting sent to like around 13, 14. I got arrested. We moved to the trailer parks mm -hmm. in Miami. So, because my mom didn't have a job. She ran out of money. We had nowhere to go. So we moved into the trailer parks and I remember I got caught with a half ounce of weed, some bags and a scale, you know, yeah. so I what was going on there? Yeah, <laughs> I just had it. My mom was like, she's the one that called the cops on me because she couldn't stop me. I was just out of really? control. She yeah, because she couldn't, you know, she didn't have the resources to mm -hmm. like help me, you know, like what do you do when your kids are just acting foolish and off the chain and, off the chain and using drugs, especially if they're not gonna listen, you know? Mm -hmm. So I can only imagine the amount of parents out there that don't know about recovery mm -hmm. or don't know about the process or addiction in general. You yeah. know, it's just like, you know, at least my friends now in recovery, if they have kids and they go through, at least they know the, you of know, course. Right, let's take them to detox, all right, let's take them to treatment, you know, and just try, you know, but she didn't know. So I got put into the juvenile system Real early, I came out on on house arrest. Mm -hmm. I remember going to school. I thought it was cool being on house <laughs> arrest and getting in a fight on house <laughs> arrest and just getting sent to my grandparents' house. My grandparents have always been there for me. Like mm -hmm. they, um, my grandma was always like enabled me and always took me in no matter what. Like mm -hmm. like she didn't care. Like I could have killed someone and she would have been like, he's not guilty. Like one hundred percent. Around 14, I got sent to a place called Jarf. I don't know if you heard of it. It's in Miami. It's like, I think we have like the same thing. It's like Jiffy or whatever. I don't. It's like a detox, but like for juveniles. Oh, okay. It's like in the Jackson system. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it's even still around anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't even want to look it up, honestly. <laughs> and I remember going there. What were you using? At this time, I was just doing coke and weed. Okay. Yeah. And drinking. And mm -hmm. um, I got sent to this uh, to this de detox center, but it was just more like, we need to get him off the street and he needs to, like, help. Mm -hmm. And so we need to put him away somewhere. And I remember coming out, I knew that, I didn't know at that time, but I know now that what I was going through was much deeper than just a phase. Because mm -hmm. I always thought it was just a phase, you know? And I remember coming out and trying to commit suicide, you know? And I, I was really trying to commit suicide because I wanted the attention. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't know that when I died, I yeah. just died, you know? Like, yeah. and then, like I'm not... You know, who knows what would happen mm -hmm. after. My sister walked in and caught me trying to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. So here it is, another chance that I get to live life, you know. And my story has a lot of suicide attempts. That's like, that's always been a fantasy of mine. Wow. Like a very dark place. That's that, that's where mm -hmm. I go. The darkest places that I go is to like, just want to kill myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to, like, I don't want to live. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what happens when I use drugs. You know, like, I don't want to live. I just want to die. So we just progressed, man, and, and I got into taking Xanax. And that's where everything kind of shifted for me. How you know? old were you? At this time, I was like 15. Wow, okay. So I kept getting arrested, stealing purses, stealing cars, stealing my grandfather's car. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever I can get my hands on, taking credit cards, just like really, you know, robbing old ladies. I've been there, you know, I've done mm -hmm. that. 
And I'm not happy about that. I'm not proud of that. You know, I kept using drugs. I just wanted to fit in. I wanted to hang around people. I was, at this point, I was with older people and mm -hmm. hanging out with them. Were you like partying and stuff or just like fucking around? Yeah, you know, I partied, but it always ended up with an all-nighter, you know, <laughs> like the sun always came out, mm -hmm. you know, and we we're always trying to figure out the next one, you know. So I, I always share that it's never about the one I have. It's always about the one I don't have, mm -hmm. you know, and that goes with anything now in recovery, yeah, you know. It's like sure. <laughs> I'm never really concerned about the one travel trip I'm going. I'm thinking about the five other travel yeah, the trips. Next one, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm on, I'm on a trip. You travel traveling. a lot? I love to travel. Really? Yeah, I love to travel. What I just came you? back from last year. I just went on like a two and a half week trip to Portugal by myself. By yourself? Yeah. Portugal Hostels, by yourself? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. What, what, where else have you been? Colombia a whole bunch of times, Costa Rica, Columbia. Alaska. Colombia is dope? Yeah. I'm half Colombia, I've never been. Oh, no, you got to go, What man. part do you go to? Medellin, Cartagena. Yeah. Yeah. So you go solo over there? No, I haven't gone solo there. Okay. Portugal was my first solo trip. That okay. was a dream come true for me because I was like, can I do a trip by myself? Mm -hmm. When you start traveling and you get clean, you just never think that you can do these things. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like the dreams that like start to come yeah. about. Like as what'd you, you do out there? Bro, I stayed in uh in Lisbon mm -hmm. in a hostel. Which was crazy. Mm -hmm. I got out of there like after <laughs> after you like, thought you didn't get yeah, killed. Yeah, no, no, I just <laughs> It was just like a, a party. Like, no, nah, oh, it was a party it was, scene. It was just like party. Okay. It was just a lot of people yeah. in and out, you know, traveling and, wow. and like bouncing around. People are traveling, you know, hopping around all of Europe. Backpackers. So, yeah, yeah. So it's like a crazy vibe, you know? So it's like after a while, I was like, okay, I need my peace. I'm going to get an Airbnb <laughs> with the most beautiful view, yeah. please, you know? Yeah, I went to visit like all the museums. Mm -hmm. I went to the beaches. I went all around the city. I actually made a travel vlog. I was like my oh, first yeah. full-on travel vlog that mm -hmm. I did. So that like opened up a whole addiction of like, all right, I got to, because I love traveling. Yeah, and so I love, now you got to travel more to do more vlogs. Yeah, yeah. How many places do you travel to? Like 40 or like 50? I don't know, probably like 30. 30? Yeah. Okay. What's like your favorite place you've been to? Alaska. Alaska? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That was a cool trip. But Portugal was also What time of year too. did you go? August, September. Okay. The best time to go is like right when school gets right back in, mm -hmm. like not July, because that's when school's out. Mm -hmm. So like, like it's flooded with, with kids, Yeah, you know, and the prices are like triple. Wow. So yeah, Alaska's like unreal. That's like, dope. Like you're just looking at everything, like mm -hmm. glaciers just breaking in front of you, seeing gigantic waterfalls, like this actually exists in real yeah. life. Like people don't understand like mm -hmm. these things actually exist and they don't cost that much money. You just yeah. gotta save up a little bit and, go. and like not go to Disney World. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, I think uh, I think people should travel much more. Mm -hmm. They'll open their eyes up to like Man, different I cultures. never travel. No? No, I went to Hawaii recently. Like my business partners like really like egged me on to go. It was dope. Like, you know, we saw like like the Jurassic Park waterfalls like from Jurassic Park. It was so In the helicopter? Sick. Yeah, in the helicopter. The guy played the Jurassic Park. I was like, well, can you play the Jurassic Park music? He was like, yeah. I was like, this is so sick. It was like the coolest thing ever. My goal is like next year is like to travel and do like travel vlogs. Like 2024, 23 to just like dedicate all my time to traveling. Well, one of my goals actually, this it's written down mm -hmm. and it's like in my office, like planted on mm -hmm. the wall. It's to move to Bali this wow. year. You want to move there? Yeah. Oh, you're crazy. Yeah, I know it sounds crazy. Why Bali? Have you been? No. <laughs> no. Wow. It's just like wild. It's just Why? like saying it. I follow this guy named um, LeBlanc, uh -huh. Lawson LeBlanc. It's on YouTube. And I, I watched his first YouTube video. 
And I was like, I want to do what this guy's doing. What does he do? And Travel he was an vlogs? accountant. He was an accountant. Yeah, yeah. He was an accountant in Canada. And mm-hmm. He was making like two hundred grand a year or something mm-hmm. like that. And then he was just miserable and he just wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to. He knew he wanted to do something else, mm-hmm. and he just left. He saved up money and he just went to Bali. Like he wow. took a GoPro and uh-huh. he just like was like, all right, let me just figure it out. And Does he, just, he have a bunch of subscribers now? Yeah, he's killing yeah. it. Yeah, oh, dude's wow. like next level. He has a team of like twenty people. Mm-hmm. He's now he's made like this uh, travel challenge game that you travel really? and like you're you know I don't know it's a race. It's what? a race now, and he's like elevating in a whole other level. And then he has like a what do you mean a race? He's making a race in different countries, and like you can like sign up to win like ten grand like a foot race. Yeah, like a foot race. Okay. For, like getting to like different locations. Different kind of like a like a scavenger hunt. Yeah. Kind of, in a way. Yeah, so he's doing that. Then he has a course that sets you up on, like, how to create travel. Like, I know how to create videos. Mm -hmm. I know how to edit videos. I know how to create, like, action-packed videos. So Mm -hmm. I already know how to do it. How to do it at some... You just got to travel. I just got to travel. I just got to get out of there. Wow. Yeah, so I just... You're going to bring a girl with you? No. No, you're just going to meet a girl out there? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> wow. Probably not a U.S. citizen, yeah, you know? Probably, <laughs> probably, wow. probably someone that can help me get my visa extended for, for another, sure. like six, 30, 60 days. As long as you know someone there, mm-hmm. they can sign off on your visa and okay. you can stay for like an extra like 60 days. If not, what they do is like every, thir- every 30 yeah, days. That, that's so confusing to me is like how people travel and like how long you could stay somewhere and like that's crazy. Yeah, you travel for 30 days and then you just leave. You leave for one day. Mm-hmm. You leave the country and you come back in and wow. then you stay for another 30 days. Wow. That's yeah, so stupid. It's crazy. And then you could re- uh, work remotely. There's uh-huh. like, it's like so many people that live there that are doing this remotely. That's unreal. It's like mm-hmm. a whole community of people. Wow. Like living out that spiritual life out there. It's, yeah. it's insane. So, and, and then you're like, you're so, and you're so close to so many other countries to go travel mm-hmm. and, and create content, you yeah. know? So it's like, all right, it's a perfect place to be. But I tell Maybe people. Maybe I'll go with you. When are you going? Let's ride. September. September. All right. Thirty days. Thirty days. No. You can hurt deal. you. You're working for your computer. <laughs> you got a you got a strong team that can help you. Yeah. That's so wild. All right. So let's go back to the story. Okay, so you're on Xanax, suicidal. Yeah, then I get to treatment at like around seventeen. First time. First time. Treatment. What was treatment like? I was like in a nonprofit treatment center, you know, government funded shithole. county. Yeah. Eh. Did you think it was a shithole? Cause when I actually I, think I, about it now, I'm like, nah, it was actually pretty good. Yeah. Because you know? I went to a county-run place, and I thought it was fine when I was there. Yeah, like, I didn't get beat up. Like, I thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was enough, like, security. Like, at that time, you're, like, 17. You're like, yeah. oh, my God, these people look gigantic. You know, I'm 105 oh pounds. Uh-huh. You know? The reason I went to treatment was because I got, a, like, I got caught on another run. Well, right before that, I was really bad on Xanax. Mm-hmm. I was, like, taking, like, five to ten Xanax per day, you mm-hmm. know? And... Just like do the French fries or the skateboards, skateboards and French fries, both together. GG two four nines. What's the difference? I don't know. When you take it so many, it doesn't even fucking matter anymore. It's yeah, it's just whatever. <laughs> I don't even know if some of them worked or not. Like I'm like they're probably laced. Remember the football ones, the blue football ones. You remember those? No, no? the they yellow the ones, fi- the football ones, and then they had the ones that looked just like Roxy's. I don't remember those. I just remember the French fries, like the time yeah. release one. These time release. I'm like, I don't care. I'll take that. <laughs> gonna eat I'll them. take Seroquel. Just give Would me you those two. Eat them or snort them. I would eat them. Eat them. Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, they yeah. hit you the same. Yeah, yeah. I'm so dumb. I would uh, 
a couple times when I did Xanax, like I wanted to hit me faster, so we would like parachute him, where like you crush yeah. nothing, like, <laughs> put in like a tissue, yeah, no. like a tissue. That made no sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> it would open in my throat and just like like you die. <laughs> like, the taste oh, is like, the worst taste ever. Uh, yeah, that was the worst. It sounds funny so now, dumb. but it's really not. Back then, yeah, like, <laughs> it's like yeah, <laughs> we're gonna parachute. It's gonna hit us. Harder. You know the funny part about it is like I was like the only one doing it out me of the too, group of no people. One? There was like people, people just pop it and they're like, yeah, we're going home. Now, yeah. like, like, come on, we gotta get the coke now. We gotta yeah, stay up. Yeah, you know, because that was like my thing was like the the, the Xanax, Xanax and, coke. and the coke. I had to like it mm -hmm. had to go hand in hand. Like it didn't like people did coke and like drink. Yeah, like I didn't want to do that. Like yeah. I didn't care about weed. <laughs> At that yeah. point, weed was like I was I'm the already, same way. I never smoked weed. After, yeah, like, yeah. Mom, I'm already grade. not talking to my dad. Like my mom is like can't control me. Mm -hmm. You know, she's dealing with her depression and dealing with her shit mm -hmm. and. You know, my sisters, I gave up on them, like not helping them. Just me, just self-centered. Mm -hmm. People don't understand me. People don't care about me. People don't want me. You know, mm -hmm. having that whole program set up in my that brain. Victim mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a program. I created this story, you know, and I lived by that story mm -hmm. that I was less than, I wasn't good enough. I would never be anything. Even though everybody always told me, yo, you can, you have so much so potential. Much potential. That potential. That. I hate yeah. that word, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you don't understand. You don't want, like no one understood, you know? So mm -hmm. it was uh, Cinco de Mayo, you know, May 5th. And it was like right before that, I went to a wedding for a cousin with my dad in mm -hmm. Boston. I remember I got sick in Boston. I started throwing up after three, four days. I didn't realize that I was like detoxing. Like, wow, I didn't from know. The Xanax. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't even know that was a thing, mm -hmm. you know, because I, I had no knowledge, <laughs> you know. I was just, you just, kid, I'm yeah. just got a stomach virus. That's all I yeah. thought. And I remember I got back. I was about to like start my run again. And we went to a gas station and we all got arrested at the gas station by some detectives. For what? Bro, we were just acting a fool outside of like this one gas station that, you know, that one gas station in your neighborhood, in that neighborhood that, that you're always say, like yeah. buying shit from and like mm -hmm. stealing from. Like we were there, they came in, we had a whole bunch. So I didn't even get high. Mm -hmm. I didn't even get high. I got caught and we all went to jail. When I came out, I went on a run and then my, my PO was, was crazy. Her name's Margaret. I'm not going to say her last name, mm -hmm. but she grew up with my dad in high school. Wow. When I went to see her as my probation officer, she's like, they were like really, really good friends. Mm -hmm. So she always had like that thing with me. Like, I, I want you to make it. Like, mm -hmm. I want you to get there. And I didn't know what get there was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I always got in trouble. And she's like, hey, I got to send you to treatment. And like, you have to go to treatment or you're just going to go to the, you're going to juvie for like a year. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, I'll go to treatment. So I went to treatment and I remember running into this, to this one dude that I ran into at JARF. That, uh, Juvenile yeah, detox. Yeah, that, that, that detox at like 15. He was a 17. And I asked him like what he was in there for. He's like, I got caught with smoking crack or whatever. And Jarf, I'm thinking, dude, this guy's crazy. Like <laughs> he's a criminal, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know any better. But now I'm in treatment and I run into him like, yo, what are you in Jarf? He's like, yeah, now I'm doing heroin. And mm -hmm. I'm like, wow. Like, so he's progressing. Mm -hmm. and yeah, it's always interesting when you like young and like you get arrested and like you start to see the same people. You start to see the same people in the same circle that you're in at different stages. Because I remember like being in court and running into people I know who also have court dates. 
And my dad being like, how do you know people here? Like, what's the like, matter you with you? Know like, you shouldn't know. <laughs> like, how'd you run into three of your friends at the courthouse, you know? And then you're like on probation and then you're the probation officer and you start to like see people you know. And then it's just like you're at the at the pain clinic. Community service community hours. Service you're like hours. smoking weed yeah, at a community smoking service. Smoking weed with like three of your boys or whatever. And um, yeah, it's just crazy how like the people that are doing the same thing attract the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You know? and, and me. You know, you got to attract that. It's like when you need clean piss, you have mm -hmm. to like buy it from someone because yeah. you don't know anybody that's clean anymore. I used to buy it <laughs> off my neighbor. You know, yeah. man, I used to buy clean piss, fucking use and then forget the clean piss and still <laughs> go piss just for like, I'm going to come out clean because wow. I only used today. I didn't use yesterday or, you know, mm -hmm. I'll come up with these methods, you know, like I always had like, these different strategies, you know, yeah. and like if I just had put that effort into like my life and getting better, <laughs> I think it. I'd be like yeah. freaking a multimillionaire by now, mm -hmm. you know, but yeah, you know, so I came out of treatment. I met people and I became friends with people mm -hmm. in treatment. We're like, all right, we're going to do this treatment thing. We're going to, we're going to do this, you know? And I got introduced to like stay um, clean. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, like, but I mean, our intentions weren't yeah. there to go back a little bit. I got really into like ecstasy and then mushrooms mm -hmm. and tabs and all that. So I got like really mentally invested into that. So like my days and months and weeks didn't like, they were just mm -hmm. all confusing. And I was like lost in that world. My brother-in-law, at that time, my sister was married to, he was clean, you know, he was clean. He was in mm -hmm. recovery. He was in the 12-step program. He had like three years because mm -hmm. he had done a couple of years in, in the Keys. I remember when I was in treatment, they brought in meetings, a 12-step meeting. When I would leave, I would have to go get a paper sign at a meeting, you know, mm -hmm. and then come back. And I remember my brother-in-law used to take me. So I had that like foundation, that introduction, mm -hmm. like really early on. Of meetings. Yeah. So then I just hang, I kept hanging out with these people from, from the treatment center. And then we just like, we relapsed and mm -hmm. we're like, all right, let's just, like these guys were like on probation heavy. Mm -hmm. Like if they got arrested, they're doing five years minimum. Mm -hmm. Like we're just acting the full ultra was coming around the corner. Oh my God. Um, I got into a yeah, that's really- so funny growing up in South Florida and like ultra just happens every year. And like, it's always like a part of like, like the scene or whatever. Like, yeah. Like I went to ultra. I remember like- I've never my, been. My first ultra yeah. was a party and then like- mm -hmm. The second one was like half a party. Mm -hmm. And then like the third one, like at this, around this time frame, actually after treatment, the, you know, so I came out of treatment, I relapsed with these people. Ultra was around the corner. We were like, all right, let's go sell drugs in South Beach. I got in a crazy hit and run accident. I won't give much details on that, but, <laughs> and um, because I don't know what would happen, yeah. but it was, it was pretty bad. And, okay. and, and addiction for me is this right here. Mm -hmm. It's, I got in a really bad accident. I'm with two criminals, including myself, in the car. One's like almost licking the window because he's so high. Mm -hmm. um, we have a whole bunch of drugs in the car. Get in this car accident. Instead of just going home, the car has lost a bumper, lost the front headlights. Mm -hmm. It's like shouldn't be driven at all. Mm -hmm. You know, I decided to like, let's get to the beach. You know, because mm -hmm. I didn't want the party to be over. Like, I didn't want to deal with the consequences. I wanted to just continue getting high, no matter the consequences. You know, and for me, whenever I do something knowing the consequences, like, and I continue to do it, that's insanity for mm -hmm. me, you know, because, you know, consequences is what, what's got me here, you know, for and sure. yeah, so it's got me to this podcast, basically. <laughs> you know, I came out of treatment, I went through that whole, you know, accident, then I got that cleaned up. And then after that, I remember all my friends started disappearing, all the people that I was hanging out with, because they started moving on, mm -hmm. they got a job. You know, they started working. <laughs> I got to go to sleep early. I wake up for uh, my job. You know, yeah. I'm like, well, okay, I guess I'll get a job too. But I never lasted longer than a month. Mm -hmm. I met this chick and this is like where like things really progressed. 
you know, I met this chick. She wasn't doing like, she liked Xanax, but she wasn't doing it. I stopped taking Xanax. I was like, all right, I got to clean myself up a little bit. Mm -hmm. I got myself a little job, met this girl. We just drank, smoked weed, partied, clubbed, whatever. Then we're like, hey, let's just take a Xanax. Let's take, let's take one. And then we take one. And then we take two, three, four, five, six, seven. And now I'm quitting my job because I want to be a drug dealer, but I'm using all the drugs. Mm -hmm. So like I'm unsuccessful with that. Now I lost my job. Ultra comes around. I'm leaving ultra early because I don't want to share my drugs with other people. I have no more money. I'm taking a taxi back to my grandparents to get off the car all high as hell. Mm -hmm. My eyes like coming out of my, like my face and asking them for money to get to like my next spot. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where it takes me. You know, I wanted to be alone. I didn't want to be with people. I didn't want to share with people. Like I just didn't want to exist. I wanted to come out at night and just not be available throughout the day. It progressed really bad in that house that we lived, like where we lived where, uh, with her cousins. Mm -hmm. And that's where like the downfall started to happen right there, you know, because the drugs wasn't enough, you know, stealing wasn't enough. And I remember going up to Tallahassee, I had a friend that was going to school over there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, let's go, let's go party over there. Like I, I had always like this idea of like, let's party, but we always party inside and the house looking through happened. the blinds. Like yeah, it never yeah. happened. Like, 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 let me go to South beach. Like we never crossed the bridge. <laughs> like we never got to the other side. Cause we were just mm -hmm. tweaking too hard to like drive, yeah. you know? So we, we always stayed like in a five mile radius of yeah. our neighborhood. That's why traveling is so important to me today. Yeah. Cause it's like, I can do this. Mm -hmm. I can do it alone. That's crazy to me, mm -hmm. like, and clean. Yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. That's unreal. Like when you go to Colorado, you're like, you know, you, you, you take blaze. it for granted because yeah. we kind of do it a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, ah, whatever, it's just another trip, you know? But like every little opportunity that I have for sure. in recovery is and a blessing. Like, even when you do it clean, it's like, it doesn't even like occur to me like, oh, I should be using. But like as... When I first got clean, I'm like, man, if I go to Colorado, I'm going to want to, like, smoke weed, even though I don't even like weed. Or, like, you know, I always say, like, when I got clean, I had, like, this fantasy of going to Amsterdam to, like, smoke weed. And, like, nah, like, I don't even care, you know? And you can still do it and not do it, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. it's you not, it's not, it, no, it's in Colorado. It's in, it's in yeah. Denver. It's out there, yeah. you know? It's, it's really available. It's actually crazy. I read an article today. Mm -hmm. There's a bar in Denver called Awake. Mm -hmm. It's called Awake Coffee Shop and Bar. Mm -hmm. So in the day, it's a coffee shop at bar at, at the night, it's a bar, mm -hmm. but they don't serve alcoholic beverages. Really? Yeah. It's a, like a sobriety bar. Wow, that's bar. cool. That's cool. And it's based on like, she's a doctor. I heard they have one in Miami. I heard they have like a sober nightclub in Miami. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, someone was telling me Yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not big into nightclubs, but yeah. just the idea of like having a coffee shop mm -hmm. and like a- Nightclub, like a little lounge, club thing, like a lounge, you know, because you want to sometimes hang out in some places, you mm -hmm. know. And I don't mind being around it, but if it's somewhere that's like everybody knows that there's no alcohol, that's yeah, pretty dope. Because cool. someone mm -hmm. there is like at least awakened a little yeah, bit, of course, in a way to like, hey, I want to have a conversation with you, and mm -hmm. we don't have to be intoxicated to have that yeah. conversation, like most chicks, you know. Mm -hmm. So you know, I was like with this girl, and like uh, we went to we went to Tallahassee. For me, man, like the darkest place I was at was there, you know, because. Mm -hmm. The drugs was like running out. I was coming to. I just hated myself every single second. You know, I harmed my whole family. Cause you know, the ones that we affect the most is our, is our family. Mm -hmm. You know, like my mom, my dad, like they didn't know what I was up to. They didn't know who I, like where I was at. My mom can call me right mm -hmm. now. I can have an hour conversation with her. My dad knows where I'm at. He mm -hmm. can come over to my apartment whenever he wants. You know, mm -hmm. like it's, it's so consistent now, you know? For sure. You know, and I got in a fight with this girl and I, Got my boy's dog leash. He left. He was working at Blockbuster. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, 
You remember Blockbuster? Of course. He was like, yo, I got to go to work. Just mm -hmm. here's my house and just like chill and I'll come back later and whatever. We'll keep doing what we're doing. I got in a fight with this girl. Again, I needed attention. I don't know who I was. I hated myself, insecure, lost. All these things are just coming mm -hmm. to my brain. And I grabbed his dog leash and I went and hung myself in wow. his back, in his back, his backyard. His backyard. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, on a fence. And she tried to like pick me up mm -hmm. and she couldn't and she couldn't get me up. And she couldn't, she couldn't. And this dude forgot his wallet. He forgot his wallet. And he, he came, came back. back. He drove back. Cause I did it right when he took off mm -hmm. and he came back and he, and he, and he she lifted was screaming. you up. Oh my God. And I woke up in a bathtub and I woke up on the floor and I was like, he's like, yo, when I came to like, he's like, I'm going to work when I come back. When he came back, he's like, yo, you got to pack your shit and leave. They don't want to deal with it. He's like, mm -hmm. dude, my dad rents this under his name. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. you're, you're, you're a liability right mm -hmm. now at this point. Come to find out, like I have two herniated discs, bulging disc on my neck. I from didn't know. That? Yeah, from that. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, and that happened like when I was like eighteen, nineteen. Mm -hmm. Like, well, yeah, like nineteen, ni like around eighteen, nineteen. That mm -hmm. happened. I just came back, and then you know I had an overdose on on Xanax. Mm -hmm. So it was just like really that year was like really a blur. Like you know, people jumping me. You know, just like crazy nonsense mm -hmm. things happening that like are only happening because of what I'm involved in, you yeah. know? I remember overdosing. You're using, you just think it's like a, a constant bad luck. Yeah, you just think it's a phase, but like the phase yeah. is like, I can't blame it on the divorce. It, mm -hmm. My parents divorced when I was 13. Yeah. Like I'm What's already, going on now? Yeah, yeah, I'm already 18. Like there's no excuses. I don't live with them. I'm mm -hmm. on my own. And I remember like I overdosed and they took me to uh, the hospital, Kendall Regional in Miami. And I remember bro, like my, my, my godfather, my godfather was the one that pumped my stomach. Mm -hmm. with the charcoal and everything wow. yeah and he's the one he was a nurse on duty and he doesn't even work there wow he worked at like the hialeah hospital mm -hmm. he just had this one day shift at a different hospital because they called him and needed help and over there just and happened he happened to, to be there when i was the one coming in oh my you know? god like for me here it is like more shame mm -hmm. like wow you know this is this is who i am like i'm not the son that my dad wanted me to be you know mm -hmm. this is, i'm not the son that my mom wanted me to be I'm not like the grandson that was supposed to be a star, you know, mm -hmm. the only grandson. You know, here I am just using drugs and just tearing my life apart, mm -hmm. you know. And I remember I came to and still I wanted a cigarette. So I just like left with the IVs in my hook. <laughs> in my, you know, just the insanity. Like who's this kid walking down Bird Road yeah. under the turnpike? to find a cigarette and then realizing I'm not going to find a cigarette mm -hmm. and a lighter, you know, mm -hmm. like I would have to like really find this yeah. thing. And yeah, man. And that's, that was like the end, the end in the beginning mm -hmm. of like where hell was at, you yeah. know, that was hell for me, mm -hmm. you know, and that's like, nobody wanted anything to do with me, like nothing. You know, the girl finally broke up with me. Thank God she did. Yeah. Cause like, that's all I had, you know, she was a prisoner to my addiction, mm -hmm. you know, because we take people hostage. You know, and that 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 sucks. You know, uh, she kicked me out and I was like homeless. And I was like, I called my grandparents one more time. They're like, all right, come in. And I remembered when I living with this girl and her cousins, there was this one dude that would come over mm -hmm. to the house and he wouldn't use. And well, that's so funny. Yeah. And the cousin would always say, hey, he's coming over. Like, don't, don't. uh Do drugs around him. Yeah. Which was also crazy because yeah. like this house is for drugs, <laughs> by drugs, you know? Yeah. I got his phone number one time. I was like, oh, mm -hmm. you, you, you go, like, I kind of knew. Well, you go to meetings? Yeah, I'm like, you go to meetings? He's like, yeah, man. He's, he's like, he's like, are you okay? I'm like, no, nah, not really. I just came out of the hospital. <laughs> he's like, hey, just get my number, man. If you want to just talk or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I need your number. Because mm -hmm. I knew 
that I needed help, mm-hmm. but I just wasn't ready. And that day that she kicked me out, like I called them, like, hey, I'm, I looked in the mirror and it was like, wow, like, like I finally saw myself like right there. Like, yeah. Cause I had looked in the mirror before, but I never, you never see it. I never see it. It's like you have to see it, that awakening mm-hmm. that we see. I help a lot of guys too, you know, until they're ready, there's no way, you know, mm-hmm. there's no way to see that. Like, I don't know when it's going to happen for yeah. you, if it will, unless you die, you know, mm-hmm. and then there's no chance, you know? So yeah, it's a very uh, emotional moment that day. Cause he, he told me, he told me how to get to the, to the meeting. And I remember going and I didn't know what I was doing there. I was just sitting there. I was like, all right, like, I think mm-hmm. I belong here because I've already exhausted all my options. Whatever, that guy kept going to that house and wow. he ended up using and uh, relapsing. He had a couple years mm-hmm. and he ended up using, he ended up losing his kids hmm. and his job and he ended up committing a homicide. And really? Case. Yeah. And, he's and like, he went like, to prison? Yeah, he's gone. So I'm just like looking at two sides of the coin. I'm like, mm-hmm. wow. He blessed me with the opportunity to help me. Mm-hmm. But he kept going to old people places and things. Yeah. And that's And what was he doing there? Just like chopping it up, hanging out with people. Yeah, you hang around the barbershop long enough, yeah. you're gonna get a haircut, you know? Yeah, it seems crazy, but when I got clean, I I had nowhere else to really go. I would still hang out with my drug addict friends all the time. And you're lucky you mm-hmm. survived that, you know? Well, there came a point where I was like, Hey, I'll hang out with you, but like I'm not gonna do drugs with you. But then I would like take him to go get like Suboxone. And then like this one time, like my guy wasn't answering the phone, which is like such a reservation because I didn't want to give him the the connect either. <laughs> I had like six months clean, but like I was still middlemanning drug deals just to like keep Because my... all you knew is <laughs> Yeah, it's like I was like the only thing I was good at is like I'll be home bored up. Probably like, yo, can you get me pills? I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, like I was still yeah, doing yeah, that yeah, for like yeah. six months. And then I was like, well, I'm not going to get no one pills, but like I'll get my friend Suboxone as if like I was a detox, you know, like I just thought that was helping people, you know. <laughs> and uh, and one day he was like, fuck this, I'm going to get pills. And that's when I started to realize like this is how people relapse. Because I used to always be like, how do, how do people just get high one day? Like, it's crazy. And then I'm like, well, this is how it happens is being at the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people, people, places and things like I don't belong here, you know? There's this uh, speaker that I heard once, and she was like, if I was allergic to peanuts, I will not be at a fucking peanut factory, okay? Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, you hang out with people that use. And you made it like, out of that. What are you doing? You yeah, made it out I finally res- made that a decision. Reservations are killers for, for, for sure for, for a lot of and addicts. they go subconscious a lot of times where you yeah. don't really think you want to use but you have your boy that you grew up with You're like what am i do stop hanging out with him right right that, yeah that happens you know? a lot with I, I know a lot of people that still know a lot of people from the past or mm-hmm. kept those relationships because maybe they went off the deep end but they didn't like sabotage like mm-hmm. some relationships they kind of like still yeah, manage or, sure. and maybe those people cleaned up but mm-hmm. still, it's like still some sort of thing from the past. Of course, there, you and know? they want to like cling on to it. Yeah, it's like texting your ex. Yeah, it's expired milk. Yeah, exactly. you know that's what it is. Hey, hey. <laughs> well, shit's expired. Well, it's just expired, dude. Mm-hmm. But um, I think you could drink it the day after. I think you could drink it after <laughs> a couple of days. Later. You know, if you mix it with cereal, I think you'd be straight. Fine, you know, right? almond milk doesn't go bad. No. Oh. Like I get oat milk now. That's what I heard. Yeah, oat, oat milk is good fire. Oat milk's yeah, the next oat milk thing. Is no, it, Does it taste like regular milk? Bro, I don't know. It's probably like a whole. <laughs> I'm probably just being sold on like yeah. expensive no, milk I heard right it's now. It's good. I heard no, it's, it's good. good. There was no part. 
uh, of that in my story. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. No almond milk. No, almond no, milk. no, no nothing. Really, it was just Wendy's dollar menu, chicken sandwiches. I was like steal my thing. food from Publix. I had no I, like, choice. Rarely bought food. I lived at my parents' house, so I would just like steal whatever was like eat whatever's in the if fridge. If I wanted but... to eat, because most of the time I threw it up or something like yeah. that. Like my body couldn't there take it. There was a time where I was eating a ketchup sandwich. Well, I literally had two pieces of bread, <laughs> and I just put ketchup in the middle. And I remember my mom looking at me like, "You're on drugs." Like, yeah, yeah, no, she I was am. Just I like, am, mom. <laughs> like, like, what's wrong with you, Brian? Okay, so, so yeah, what so, happens? Uh, so, so I'm going to meetings. This, this dude, mm-hmm. uh, he he gets arrested later on. Like mm-hmm. after, I, I'm still trying to trying to get so better. You, this time, you didn't go to treatment at all. You I just didn't go started to going to meetings. I started going to meetings That's and cool. detox on my own and. I, I remember coming in in like November of 2008 and mm-hmm. I remember it was the holidays. Yeah. That was the worst. That was like the worst set of holidays of my life mm-hmm. because like now I had nothing to fill my body with mm-hmm. and I had to sit at a dinner table with my family and I had nothing to give them, you know, nothing to give the kids. It's awkward, man, being around your family when you first get clean and like everyone's all laughing and like joking or like trying to and you're just like. Yeah, because you have no conversation. What is it for you to talk about? You are, nobody trusts you. Mm-hmm. You know, they're hiding their purses, their wallets. You stole everything from them. Mm-hmm. Now you're looking at them in their eyes and you want to talk about baseball. How, how you like, doing? Oh, like, okay. yeah, like there's yeah. like, I'm not doing well. I'm like, I'm, yeah. why would you think that I'm going to, ask you how you're doing because I'm not doing well because like hurt people hurt people Mm -hmm. you know so like I was miserable you know so I just kept going at it and like for me the the beginning was like oh wow like I can actually do this Mm -hmm. and stay clean and live this life and I remember getting like a job off of Craigslist like Mm -hmm. it was like this like auto transport broker thing and then getting that job like on the spot like Mm -hmm. I closed a deal like in an interview and they were like wow like we're hiring you. I'm like, well, I don't have a car. This is very far from my house. So like, we'll pick you up. The boss, like the owner of the business, like we'll pick you up every morning wow. and you just take the bus back. I'm like, all right. You know, I started making money mm-hmm. really early on. I started getting confused about what recovery was all about. Like, I didn't want to do the work. I thought it was supposed to be about the outside. Mm-hmm. I was still in my grandparents' house. Like work relationships are like the worst. Like I have like so much experience with that. Like I would <laughs> never, ever get involved. Even if it's like, I have my own business now. Like even mm-hmm. if I have, even like a, a, someone within a client's like mm-hmm. office, like no, like <laughs> like hell no, like it's not worth it. So she's like, hey, we're, we're all going out to, to happy hour. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know about happy hour. Like I remember going to meetings and they're like, we're going to Starbucks. Yeah. yeah. And like, I'm like, what? What the fuck is what Starbucks? Is Starbucks? <laughs> and like yeah. going to Starbucks, I never drink coffee. Mm-hmm. Like, and I remember going and ordering like mocha, this, that, <laughs> like all this stuff. Whatever, and yeah. I remember it was the most disgusting coffee I ever so had funny. in my entire life. You know, I still drank it because I wanted to fit in. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a part of. Um, I knew that recovery was something more powerful than me. And I knew I finally was able to hear other people share things that I never heard before. Mm-hmm. Like I robbed my grandma. Oh, I stole credit cards. Mm-hmm. Oh, I robbed an old lady. I hurt my family. I shut the door on them. Mm-hmm. You know, I made them cry. Like when I started hearing these stories, yeah, I couldn't believe it. You know, I couldn't believe that I was able to relate. The power of relating with people mm-hmm. is like unreal. Especially in South Florida, there's like so many people that like look like us that like are around our age. Like. I didn't need someone to be like 17 like me. I just need, cause I, I didn't use with younger people. I always use with people like, you know, 23, 24, 25, maybe like 30, you know. But like, as long as they looked like somebody that I use with, I was like blown away. I was like, I can't believe it. Like, like I could see myself using with this person 
and they're talking about like faith and God and like changing their life and they're happy. And, you know, I always thought like if I got clean, I would just always be like looking back like, fuck, I want to get high or like always like jonesing and just wanting to use or like just fucking holding some fucking Red Bull at a fucking party want to blow my brains out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I was just like, this is, this is what the fucking life's going to come to is like, no, I can't drink. I know. It sucks. <laughs> you know, like I just imagined like recovery just being like a constant reminder that I was a fuck up. Like that's right. what I thought recovery was going to be like. It's I just, think a lot of us come in thinking that, you know? For sure. Yeah, I think so. Like, oh, this is going to be boring. The it, rest it, of my it, life. It could, the there are moments of boredom. Of course. I ain't going to lie. Like yeah. I've had some really bored days last uh -huh. year, you know, and <laughs> moments. It but does beat getting jumped and arrested. It does get beat. I do yeah. like waking up in the morning, light my incense and reading yeah. my book mm -hmm. and doing a 10-minute meditation. That does mm -hmm. feel pretty good. And then For going sure. to the gym and like knowing exactly where my car is parked. Mm -hmm. I know exactly where I'm going to. You know, yeah. what, time, what time I'm getting to, the, yeah. you know, what people want to say hi to the gym, mm -hmm. you know, because they know me and they yeah. like me. You know, that's like Feels real, good. real life good stuff that yeah. happens, you know, mm -hmm. like the little small moments that happen in the day mm -hmm. that that if I remember on a daily basis to be in the moment as mm -hmm. much as I possibly can, because that's like my, my my real goal is like to always be moment to moment to moment, mm -hmm. you know, be in the now as much as I possibly can. Because my head will take me to like places, mm -hmm. you know, things that I want or need to be, or I'm not where I need to be, but no one told me I need to be anywhere else. Yeah. You know, comparing and all that. So that's a slippery slope in recovery, but that's a whole other, whole mm -hmm. other place. I remember going to happy hour. We went to like a sushi bar, whatever, mm -hmm. in downtown Miami. And I was with this girl and all my coworkers, you know, I'm the top sales guy. So I like, I have like this <laughs> front, you know, um, yeah. I remember buying this like linen shirt and it was go. like 250 bucks, not mm -hmm. for that, but for like a convention. Mm -hmm. And my, well, my, spo <laughs> my sponsor, I get there, I'm like, he's like, why are you running late? I'm not, I'm getting it right now. I bought like a $300 t-shirt, mm -hmm. linen, uh, like 19 years old. And he's mm -hmm. like, he gets to the, I get there, he's like, what are you doing? I'm <laughs> like, nah, I bought this linen shirt. You know, he's like, go return it. And it was just crazy. Like the things That's like so I funny. thought were so important, yeah. you know, at that time. So I went out to happy hour and I had never eaten sushi mm -hmm. i never had sushi before wow. so i never knew how to how to use chopsticks mm -hmm. and this was before like youtube was like available on your yeah. phone in a heartbeat you mm -hmm. know where i learned shit like on the fly i mean still i mean most people have eaten sushi by 19. oh well that's another thing yeah, yeah. so but i went and i didn't know how to ask for help mm -hmm. and i didn't know that like, they can give you like training chopsticks <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> like, i didn't know how to speak up for myself because yeah. i didn't know who i was and i was scared that if you found out who i was still mm -hmm. that you would make fun of me and here I am, a failure again. Even though I was a top sales guy, you were gonna look at me like, oh, you don't know how to eat sushi? How was I gonna deal with that? Like Rejection. It was so yeah. small, but it was so huge in my recovery. Yeah, when you first get clean, like any little thing, like, you know, I got clean in high school. So like, dude, I would be like, well, who am I gonna sit with at lunch? Yeah. Like I had no friends. It's great. Yeah. You, I remember just being like, I'm just gonna sit with So you myself. went through a lot of like uncomfortable- Weird things, like the first day of school. Like, it's just How like- was that? <laughs> horrible you know it's like you know i have like six months clean i'm like finally going back to high school i haven't been to high school in like a year because i got kicked out the year before the year before that where i also you, got where kicked you been, out brian like yeah bro people were just like oh and then like there's all these rumors about me that are like kind of true people are just looking at me like holy shit like i heard this kid was like on crack and like robbing people and like all sorts of shit like 
It sucked. You yeah, know? you had like that. But like, you just have to like stay clean. Like, there is all you do is stay clean, and you go through uncomfortable situations, and you go through more uncomfortable situations, and then eventually you kind of get a little more comfortable. And like the first time you tell someone you're in recovery, it's like horrible. Yeah, yeah, you're just like super uncomfortable. You like overshare too much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you or or maybe you don't share nothing. I'm in yeah. recovery. What? Yeah. <laughs> Drug addiction. Yeah. <laughs> what? Crack. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's what went like what you said about those uncomfortable feelings. Mm -hmm. I think for anybody in recovery like trying to to get to like the next stage you have mm -hmm. to go through uncomfortable feelings like mm -hmm. you can't run from them like for they sure. have to happen they have to happen they yeah. have to happen for sure like that uncomfortable feeling at that sushi restaurant mm -hmm. end up relapsing you relapse at the I restaurant relapsed there at I the restaurant at the restaurant end up having a drink ended up in the hospital on monday wow. uh, on a three-day run mm -hmm. and then that caused a, a relapse effect mm -hmm. you know where i was in and out Still working at the sales job? Still working there, but now I'm miserable. Now I'm spiritually bankrupt. Now mm -hmm. whatever I gained early on in recovery was gone. Mm -hmm. So that same person walking into the door and trying to be that guy wasn't him anymore. That the charm that I was bringing mm -hmm. and the, the swag, the talking mm -hmm. like was gone because I was spiritually bankrupt. I was miserable. I was depressed again. Mm -hmm. So then that was a slippery slope. That was like, the end, like mm -hmm. like a whole year of back and forth or relapsing, going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, you know, and then like February 24th, I was like, okay, I got what was what we call the gift and the gift of surrender and desperation, you know, and that mm -hmm. gift is of surrender is unreal, man. Of course. Anybody that gets it, their life's just changed forever because mm -hmm. they finally like get to recognize that this is it. Like mm -hmm. I can't do it anymore. I can't win at yep. this. I'm not productive. I'm not a good person. But it comes like from your heart, mm -hmm. not from your head anymore. It's like, I'll do whatever it takes to not be that person anymore. When that comes in, like when you have that, I don't know how to, I can't yeah. package it up and sell it. You, well, you can't either like, you know, yeah. you deal with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I've dealt with, I've seen a lot of people come and go. Yeah, because they always have like that resistance and that justification and this and that. And if you weren't like that, but like, you know, you see people just like let their guard down. Yeah, I'll do it. I remember when I was in detox, they were like, we think you should go to treatment. And I was like, I don't want to go. And they're like, what if we said you had to go? I was like, I guess I would go. There. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and like, that was the yeah. point where I was just like, that was my first time being like, you know, surrendering. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think without surrender, there's no like every real... spirituality book you read. Is yeah. The, is the, every spiritual teaching is based in surrender. Yeah. And people don't realize like, like the, like the power in it. Cause there's so much power in it, but it doesn't, it's like, how is there power in surrendering? You know? It's a gift, bro. But it's like, it's like you ever see someone try to do something that they just don't know how to do. And you're just like, bro, just let me show you how. You're like, no, no, no I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just like, dude, you're just not even, you're not even in the right direction. Yeah. Like, let me just show you how to do it. It's like, no, 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 I'm going to do it. And like, they fucking break it or they fuck it all up or whatever. You know, it's something that needs to be like finessed. Yeah. It's like, bro, it's not about being strong. You just it's have to. It's not about ego. You, you know? just like, have oh, to the know ego. how to yeah. do it. Yeah. Let me just show you. Then and once you do it, like, you can do it for other people. Oh, no, I got it. And you're just like. And that that's that goes for everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's a good. That's, sure. a, that's definitely a good uh, visual there, you know, to mm -hmm. like, I think in the beginning. Because we always try to like aggressively overpower the situation and force the situation or whatever. But like a lot of times in life, like. uh in recovery, it's like the easier, softer way to do it. Mm. And you just got to like look at someone else, how they did it. You know, it's not about being the strongest person or even the smartest. There's people that are like really dumb, like stay clean. Yeah. <laughs> and there's people who are really smart who can't get crack yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah. You know? They can't get it.
because they can still hold they're the job. They're too smart. Yeah, yeah, they're too smart for too it. Smart. You know, they have the I know. No, oh, man, I know, I know, I know, but you don't know. But mm-hmm. you don't know. Mm-hmm. But what do you mean? Like, mm-hmm. why? You know, I get those just questions. Just like 75 hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, yo, you know, it is what it is. That's for me, man. That's how my journey started. So, so, so then you finally surrendered. You went back to meetings. You started to stay clean. I started doing everything they told me to do, mm-hmm. you know, and I started getting involved in every uncomfortable situation I could possibly get you know, involved in, like sitting at dinner tables with people mm-hmm. that were successful or had some time clean mm-hmm. and they sat at a table and I just was like the only one there like struggling, mm-hmm. just like just sitting to try to be a part of, you know, and I just didn't talk, you know, I just mm-hmm. like stayed quiet and listened, you know, and I just opened, I opened up my heart to that possibility that that mm-hmm. could be me, you know, and then that's where it started to, you know, mm-hmm. started to take off for me. What um happened like in the next like couple of years clean? Like how has like, you know, well, life the, turned out for the you? The huge uh one big part, like after I had like uh, nine months mm-hmm. or like seven, eight months clean, but like really clean, like really doing it. Working the steps, having a sponsor, yeah, having going a sponsor, to a ton of meetings. Like meetings, service, being involved, helping mm-hmm. out, like families getting back into my life. A friend of mine was like, hey, I have a job opportunity for you at this corporate company down mm-hmm. south. And he's like, it's, it's a huge company. I don't know if I can get you in, but like you can like do the work to get there. Like a good addict. I studied the company, went in for my first interview. I didn't even have a suit. I had to borrow it from someone else. Mm-hmm. I would never wear that suit again. That was like terribly <laughs> fitted on me. You know, I got that job and I remember they were going to pay for my licensing. I had to take a class with like a whole other group of employees. Mm-hmm. And, like this was like a big thing in my head. We all did this course, like three weeks. We went to take the test and I failed. I was the only one that failed. Wow. Out of everyone, I failed by one point. Mm-hmm. It was a state exam. Mm-hmm. I had to go to like this facility and like hide in a room and shit. It was like freaking crazy. I failed it and I remember I wanted to use because I was like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm here, I've let my friend down. There's no way, if I can't pass this, what makes you think I'm gonna pass other things in my mm-hmm. life? You know, it didn't make sense to me at that point. My sponsor was like, you gotta just go back to the office and like sit with your manager, your boss, and like, they'll know you failed and just work it out. Mm-hmm. Show up, just show up. The rest will take care of itself. Just be yourself and show up. Mm-hmm. And had my record had popped up, my juvenile record, because this was a state exam. It was like a lot of stuff to do with like insurance and so mm-hmm. forth. So I already had to have that discussion with my boss about why, why I had charges. Grand Theft Auto, yeah. why did I have domestic uh, um, battery charges, why mm-hmm. did I have uh, possession charges? <laughs> like, I was like, look, here are all my <laughs> references because I had people in recovery willing to help me out mm-hmm. and have everything documented that this has all been taken care of. And so I had to sit down with her and she's like, I'm going to give you one more opportunity to take the test because I want you to work here. Mm-hmm. And that's what she told me to my face. Like, I think with anybody else, I don't think that would have happened like, I think just because I came in honestly and like yeah. came from my heart, she gave me the opportunity. So I had to sit around for another two weeks before I could take the test because the state doesn't let you take the exam. Back to back. Yeah. So I had to wait with the other employees for like two weeks, like mm-hmm. just watching them work. And I mean, mm-hmm. just sitting there being super humbled, like just like, damn, mm-hmm. this is crazy. And I remember I passed that test and I just became like their go-to at that job. That's cool. And like the trainer happened to be in recovery. Oh, that's cool. That she helped me more mm-hmm. than anyone else in that whole class. She just had something with me. She just like, I know you can do it. Just like give, you know, let go and let God. Mm-hmm. She had like these little sayings on the wall. I'm like, this is weird, but I didn't know better. And I ran into her like four or five years later at, at a meeting. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, I always, she's like, 
I knew there was something special about you. Wow, you know? and that was like a real cool moment that I got mm-hmm. to share. But yeah, man, you know, things are started to happen. You know, my grandma started to get sick. Then I started, you know, then I was able to go skydiving. And I started doing all these things that, that I never thought was mm-hmm. possible. I think I had a year clean before I was like, wait, I can do stuff. It didn't even occur to me that I was free. It's like when like you're in a prison and like someone opens the door and like you just don't leave right away because you yeah. just, <laughs> you know, it's like I didn't understand that like because, you know, when you first get clean, you're like, well, I always had this reservation like, well, what if I use or like, what if I'm probably not going to stay? I wouldn't plan things because I couldn't even imagine the next month maybe I would be using or something like I just could only see today and like maybe a couple of days or maybe next week, but I really couldn't plan anything. And then I think after a year, I was like, well, if I want to do something, I could just save money and then ask people if they want to go and then we can like go together. And I think like the first thing I did was like, I went to Orlando. And yeah, it was, it was like, amazing. And I went, to like, I went to like a, the theme parks over like Disney or some shit, like I was an adventure. We were all clean and in recovery. I think that was my first trip, like Islands for real. Adventure? Like yeah. it was like Islands of Adventure with yeah. like a group of like twenty people in recovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we yeah, all it was just so taken cool. off. And it was just like when I was using, we'd be like fucked up, being like, "We should go to Islands of Adventure." Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you run out of money. And you're like, yeah, I can't go anymore. <laughs> and then like, it would never happen, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like when you're clean, like you know, you would go, and then like I would have this idea that like something bad was gonna happen. Like, I always felt like that, like, I'm going to get arrested doing something dumb or, like, I'm going to, like, crash the car up there or I'm going to, like, something's going to happen and, like, nothing bad happened. Yeah, you and came I, back home. Yeah, <laughs> I was, like, fine. And, like, I had, like, I started to get confidence. And I remember, like, the first time I went skydiving, I went with, like, a bunch of people in recovery. It was, like, for my three years. And I started doing something fun for, like, my two years, my three years. Yeah, yeah. You started celebrating. Yeah. Celebrating like, life. Yeah. You know, you're like, I don't life. celebrate my birthday, but, like, on my clean day, I started to, like, I went skydiving. I went on Islands Adventure. I went snowboarding. I went on a cruise. I did snowboarding, too. Yeah. I actually broke my wrist on my clean date with my oh, best friend. So and we booked a trip randomly. We It was, I think, for Your my clean dates when? February 24th. Wow, mine's March 23rd. Yeah. So I, we booked a trip like three days before mm-hmm. for my anniversary, just me and him. And we went to like upstate New York mm-hmm. by Buffalo. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I had no idea. Yeah. But we went up there and I went snowboarding for my, you know, it was just like, yeah. you can do this. It like, feels good to like, like be out in the world. And, and like, it's amazing to have other people on this journey with you. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it's like, it's unreal. Like when I have like the friends that I have today since mm-hmm. I got, since I got clean. It's like, what? Yeah. Like, we have so many stories. They're, they're like my yeah. brothers. They're not even recovery friends. Mm-hmm. Like, these are my brothers. Yeah, like, family. Yeah, it's family. family. I know their family. Mm-hmm. They know mine. I go over to their house. I can just walk in and just mm-hmm. grab something from their fridge. Yeah. Like, you know, that, that's... Yeah, when you get clean with someone, it, it almost is like growing up with them. Yeah. Like, when you get clean with someone, you there's such a trauma bond that forms because you're at such a horrible place yeah. in your life. yeah. I might not see someone for years and I'm like, bro, we got clean together. Like, that's like my family. Yeah. Like, it's so important. That beginning is so important. Yeah. And that's why people don't understand that relapse is so crazy because Mm -hmm. you can be in that group doing this thing Mm -hmm. together and then you just relapse, you fall off. Mm -hmm. And when you come back, it's it's not not the same. same. Because yeah. you're spiritually bankrupt. Mm-hmm. You just, you lost that, th- that, you lost that, that bond, thing. that yeah. thing that you can share. Not not to say that you're not accepted. It's of just, course. It's, it's just, different. It, it's, it's just different. different. And then it's so hard for them to get it again. Mm-hmm. And then they just keep going and keep yeah. going. So I always tell I people, it, I'm like, dude, don't, yeah. don't miss that window of opportunity, man. Yeah. Don't think you're going to get clean again. 
I remember this guy, Steve, used to tell me, he was like, bro, I was clean for, he told me, he's like, I was clean for six years, and then I was going to go have one drink. And that one drink turned into me using for six years. That's crazy. So then when yeah. he came back, all of his friends with six years clean now had 12 years clean. Mm. And he was like, the first time I got clean, laughing and joking, and I had all these friends. He's like, the second time I got clean? None of that. It was like very he's like, it, it wasn't moments, the same. but it wasn't the same. And then I same. would just compare it to last time. And it wasn't the same, and and he was just like, he's like, I'm I'm grateful he stayed clean. I'm grateful I'm clean now. It was never like the first time. And he would just say that, like, because he was older than me, and he would say, like, dude, you're young. And he was like, if you were an addict and you can, he's like, if you weren't, weren't an addict, you could pick when you use and when you get clean. Hmm. And he would tell me, he's like, because you're an addict, you're not in charge of when you pick up and when you put it down or when you put it down. You're only in charge of when you pick it up. You don't know how long you're going to be using for if you do use. That's true. You think you're going to go use and come, come right back. back. But you're, that, that, that doesn't, like, you never know. You have no idea what could mm -hmm. happen. He's like, you wouldn't be here if you could pick when you're going to stop. And that's when I, like, I remember looking at him like this guy has wisdom. Like this guy has knowledge and like, I, there was just something about him where you could tell he had been through so much. That, that, that's a, that, I and he wasn't trying to story. sell me a book. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, he yeah. wasn't trying to like in a manipulative way. He was sharing way. his experience. He was just up. like, bro, I really want to save you from like. Misery. Doing this the wrong way. Right. It was literally like the same analogy. Like, let me just show you how to do it. Mm. So you don't like fuck your whole life up trying to figure it out because I did. Yeah, I had a similar story. Like, I had someone that was working with me, and the dude had everything, man. Like, mm -hmm. he was an older guy. He had, like, 12 years clean or something like that. And he, money and property and procedures took him to, like, a whole other level. Mm -hmm. And he lost everything to, like, the IRS. And uh, yep. his whole life just went to shambles. And our, and then he ended up using. Mm -hmm. And he ended up coming back. Now, I guess a couple years. But, like, he just tells me. He's like, listen, remember. Just mm -hmm. remember why you're here and the moments you get to share with people because that's mm -hmm. what matters the most, you know? And like that, it's all those little things. Like, I, I guess I'm grateful just like probably you are that mm -hmm. I've been able to stay open enough to hear my predecessors and like people For older sure. than me that have done it longer than me tell me these things, mm -hmm. you know? Like if you treat people good, people are gonna treat you good. You know, mm -hmm. like certain things that stay stuck in my head, you know, just like, hey, if you just do the right thing, if you have integrity, mm -hmm. good shit's gonna start to happen mm -hmm. and people are gonna respect you. Like, I don't really, there's a lot of people that, don't know me and there's a lot of people that do know me mm -hmm. but don't have any issues with anybody like yeah. i keep it clean like i don't want good. no drama like mm -hmm. i don't like i want to go to sleep at night mm -hmm. i want to chill like if i have a little conflict i'll solve it right there like i'll mm -hmm. figure it out you know that's all a learning mm -hmm. a learning thing i had to go through all those challenges in the beginning you know for sure there was this guy when i first got clean and like when he said this it made so much sense because i felt like using all the time and i dreamed about using and i fantasized about using and I had never shot up before, and I was just like, I need to shoot up. Like, you know, I've smoked to crack. To be a part of. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, I need, yeah, to, yeah. I, I need to have a cooler war yeah, story, yeah. you know. I Like, you know, maybe I felt like I need to get out of my system. Like, I need to use more so that I could come back, and then I'll get clean. I don't think I'm ready to get clean because I think about using nonstop all the time. I dream about it. I wake up in the sweats, and, like, it was not going away. Six, seven, eight months clean. I'm just dreaming about getting high all the time and fantasizing and romanticizing about using. And I'll never forget this guy said, um, it's better to be clean thinking about using than to be using thinking about getting clean. And when he said that, I was damn. like, damn. Because I remember using, dreaming about getting clean. I remember being on drugs and I would see like this guy like 
uh, he'd be going to like LA Fitness and he had like his little gym bag and like he was probably had a gym bag because he's like gonna go to work after the yeah, gym. Yeah, yeah. He had like a you know pretty nice car and I remember being like, man, imagine like being clean where you have like gym clothes and you have like your work clothes and you wake up in the morning you like are excited about yeah, the morning yeah. you like drink a protein <laughs> shake, go to your car and then go to your job. Like that just seemed like a dream. That, that was actually what I did in the beginning. I we wake up at 5 a.m., go to the gym, shower there, and I was so excited. Now I'm like, damn. It felt six, so cool. Now 6 a.m.s now are like, yeah. damn, bro, I this is crazy. I remember the first time I bought gym clothes that I, I always wanted. Like, gym clothes is expensive. Yeah. And, like, I always love working out, but, like, I'd work out in, like, boxers and shorts. You know what I mean? Like, maybe, like, a pair of basketball shorts. But I wouldn't have, like, compression shorts. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, have, like, yeah. a Nike t-shirt. You know <laughs> what I mean? It felt good. It feels it good. It felt good to be, like. To look good, too. I got, like, 15 nike compression shorts i got like 15 basketball shorts and i got like 15 under armor nike shirts or whatever and it just felt good that to make an investment and have something for for a while because when you're using like even if i did buy something it was like gone and yeah sold. it didn't matter and like it's also like the consistency part mm -hmm. to it like like knowing that you have a gym bag and you're setting up the day before yeah you're setting up your protein shake in the, the morning like it's like all right i got everything in line yeah. perfect my phone's charged i got my headphones yeah, you're like planning i got the my day. belt or i'm gonna wear this shirt tomorrow yeah. i got my cologne boom all right i'm gonna hit it they get to good. work like yeah. hey what you been up to oh, i just came from the gym just had my mm -hmm. protein shake had my breakfast the lady at the cafeteria knows me because yeah. I come every Feels freaking good. time and say what's up and tip her yeah. well. You know, it's like those little things that happen are like mm -hmm. blessings, you know, and I don't take those for granted. I know? remember the first time I said good morning to someone in the morning. Mm. So like my whole life, I just had like this idea of like, don't talk to nobody, you know, like, yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. mean mug everybody. I still have those moments now, though. You know, I've had those moments. Sometimes I I'm do. I'm like, ah, oh, man, because I know like some conversations going to be like 30 minutes. You yeah, know? So of course. Like, ah, you don't want to start here, it. Here we go. But I remember the first time I saw someone, I was like, good morning. <laughs> and I was like, wow, it feels good yeah, to be yeah. like, hey, good morning. Yeah. Like, a total stranger, that, like I'm jogging and they're jogging. They'd be like, good morning. And like, I'd be in an elevator. I'd be like, hey, yeah, yeah. how you doing? Like, I just would like think like, who the fuck does that? Yeah. Who the fuck says hello to people? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That's Or like feeling like that was like nerdy. Like, I remember, like, growing up so fucked up that, like, I used to think, like, people who were, like, happy in the morning were, like, geeks. Yeah, Like, yeah. you're herb. That, or someone that talks to their neighbors or something yeah, like that. Like, I was, like, my neighbors hated me for such a long time. And when I got clean, uh, Hector, my front neighbor, bro, we became close, Super bro. Close, we're, yeah. like, talking about sports from, like, from the other street. Yo, mm -hmm. we saw the game. Man, mm -hmm. talk about this, talk about that. I'll go over and ask him, hey, can you look out for my grandma and make sure she's oh, okay? Cool. Call me if anything. Mm -hmm. Hit me up. You know, and I still passed. My, my grandparents passed in the last, mm -hmm. like, couple of years. Wow. Uh, I took care of it. That was, like, that's a whole other thing, a mm -hmm. blessing. Like, I've been, I've been, uh, I was given the opportunity to look out for my, my grandma with dementia, mm -hmm. which is Alzheimer's. Circumstances of new jobs, whatever, put me back into her house, mm -hmm. you know. I had to change her diapers, clean wow. her pills, trying to find a helper, not being able to afford that, mm -hmm. you know, just, like, trying to maneuver that until, like, three years ago. This whole tattoo is dedicated to her. So, yeah, she was, like, my angel because I spent, like, every New Year's with her mm -hmm. when I was clean. I was excited to be with her yeah. on New Year's watching mm -hmm. the New York, you know, yeah. little thing on TV because mm -hmm. that's all they ever did, you know, was watch that. And I was just, like, sit with her clean. Like, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't need to be anywhere else. Like, this was yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't need to be at Ultra. No, yeah, yeah like, I was cool. This was it, you know. And then when it was done, I'll go to the 24-hour room or something like that mm -hmm. or to, like, a little event, sobriety event and hang mm -hmm. out there for a little bit, you know. But... 
you know, you start to realize a lot of things that do matter and don't matter anymore. Yeah. Like peace of mind and mental health mm -hmm. for me is like top priority right now. And like, you know, when I was growing up, it's like I spent so much time like trying to impress people that don't give a fuck about me, that Nobody don't cares. even remember me, that's like whatever. And it's like, bro, the people who love me the most, whatever. Yeah. Who cares? I'm not hanging out with my mom. Like, that's lame. My mentors like, always says, man, like, mm -hmm. love the ones you're with, you mm -hmm. know, as much as you can, because it's time is so sensitive, man. Yeah. Like, you're here one day, gone the next, could be a car accident, could For be sure. anything, you know? It's like, what did I hear one day? It's like, I don't want to be successful, I want to be significant, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I want to provide that. Like, what is it that I leave my legacy with other people? Like, mm -hmm. how significant was I in someone's relationship? For like, sure. if I was to die, like, no one's going to talk about, yo, he went back to school. Yeah. Like, he started a business. Like, wow, he traveled. Mm -hmm. Like, dude helped me a lot. You know, he listened to me for hours. Yeah, you want to impact you know, people. I want to impact You want to leave something behind that people can be like, yo, because this one guy did X, Y, and Z, now we have this. Yeah. You know? And I know you can't make everybody happy. That's but just not the It feels the, the good that you did something. Yeah, as long as you could, you could be impactful, you know, like in some mm -hmm. sort of way. Like when my nephew tells my sister, I want to be mm -hmm. like my uncle when I grow up. Like, that shit's crazy, yeah, bro. Feels like, good. that shit is unreal. Like, there's no money that could buy that shit. Mm -hmm. Like, there's nothing. No drugs. There's no yeah. no deal I can make with mm -hmm. a client. There's nothing. Like, when I hear those words from my sister saying, and then my sister responding to him saying, yes, you should be, like, mm -hmm. your uncle. Yeah. Like, he could be any. He could be Spider-Man, mm -hmm. Iron Man. He could be anybody else. But he wants to be like me. Mm -hmm. Like, how did I get here? Yeah, one yeah. of my like like epiphany moments was uh, when I had three years clean. My best friend Carl was at my house, and it was for Christmas. And my boy Carl is tatted up into prison, tough guy, you know. And uh, he's asking. I left to go to my room for something, and when I came back, he was crying at the table. With my mom, my mom was laughing, and I was like, "What's going on?" And he's like, "Your mom just said the most beautiful thing." He said, um, "I asked your mom what she wants for Christmas, and she said." I got my Christmas present three years ago. My son got clean. And he was like, my mom's an alcoholic and like she's using and like my mom could never articulate something like that. Mm. That's when I realized like I had won the lottery. Mm. Like literally I feel it's like- something so powerful. Yeah. And like at three years clean, like dude, I folded clothes at the mall. I lived at my parents' house. I was like dead broke. But I was like such on a high. Nothing could beat that. I had cheated mm. death multiple times and accomplished something that was a dream to me yeah just being clean my mom even saying just my mom saying that was like out of this world to me oh my mom sends people to me all the time like hey can you help this girl at the <laughs> yeah. salon she's they'll call mm -hmm. me and i'll yeah. talk to them they're like struggling and so forth like my mom like talks about mm -hmm. my story to everybody yeah you know so she's like, so cool. she shows them all my stuff and like <laughs> this is him she's like she always has like a date set up, set up for me somehow, you know? So girl. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, mom, like, yo, it's like, I get it. You don't have to talk about this to everybody, mm -hmm. you know? But like what we do really matters. Yeah. Like when we're it clean, makes an impact. you know? Yeah. But it's also doing the work. Because mm -hmm. the shit doesn't just happen not from by just chilling. For sure. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people chill mm -hmm. and they end up chilling out there exactly. for too long. Mm -hmm. And they end up in prison and they end up in jail. And you can't share those moments yeah. like you had in your mom because if you didn't do the work for three years, you wouldn't be in that position mm -hmm. where you had Carl over yeah. at that moment, for sharing sure. that moment together, all three that mm -hmm. made that bond even stronger between you and Carl. Because like when I when my grandma passed, like I had all the spiritual awakenings and all that happening to me, you know, I got to tell my best friend and we were both crying in a parking lot, mm -hmm. you know, talking about this, like, 
this dude doesn't need to cry for this mm -hmm. situation, but he got to share that heart to heart with me because you know the struggle that I went through. So he was able that my pain was his pain, mm -hmm. you know. And you only get those relationships by building that spiritually. You know, you can do for crazy sure. shit together, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, when you have like that look, mm -hmm. you know, with your friends that you've built this relationship with mm -hmm. in recovery, you've grown with, and it's like wow, like this is cool. You know, yeah. I got to share this. When I first got clean, like, Carl really helped me out. He was, like, my first running partner in recovery. Like, mm. he had multiple years clean. He was cool. We were, like, best friends. Really, I don't know if I would be clean without him, you know? After, like, a year, two years clean, like, we really held each other down. When his sister passed away, I remember being at the funeral and, like, holding his mom. And his mom was, like, trying to jump in, like, the casket. It was, like, horrible. And I remember, like, holding his mom, hugging his mom. And he was, like, over there crying. And I remember, like, looking at him and being like, wow, like, how did God know that, like, we would need each other? Mm. Because, like, 12 years later, we're there for each other, even at this point in time, you know? It's amazing. And it's, like, only through recovery that, like, stuff like that is possible. Only. You know? Yeah. Because it's, like, when you get clean, you just think about yourself. You don't think that you're going to, like, impact somebody and they're going to impact you. And, like, years later, you guys are going to, like, have a bond that's going to impact other people, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it, and it, and it just, like, continues to grow. Like, there's mm -hmm. always, like, little moments that, like, I get to share with people that are like, oh, I remember when you told me this and you helped mm -hmm. me through this situation. Yeah. or. You know, and I start thinking like, damn, like I said that, like, <laughs> like I helped yeah. you, man. Like, yeah. you sure? Like, you really sure that you stayed clean yeah. because of me that one moment, you Off know? Off the podcast, bro, people are like, bro, I listen to how has an exit, I got clean. I know this girl, I used to like hook up with this girl, bro. She's, I never thought she really had a problem. <laughs> she was like, yo, I listened to your podcast. I stopped drinking. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, I don't drink no more. I was like, get out of here. She's like, yeah, 75 hard? <laughs> 75 hard. She's well, like, actually, 75 hard. One of them is not drinking. That's why, yeah, that's why that's we're that's 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 <laughs> Yeah, so one of the things with 75 hard is that you can't drink you alcohol. You can't drink. I'm like, yeah, that's, bro, I don't even think about that one. It's already done. Yeah, that one's so easy. That's so done. Yeah, but that's One funny. of my boys that's not yeah. in recovery, I tried pitching him the 75 he hard. He's like, bro, I can't, bro. Not drinking, bro. Yeah, And that's also another thing, yo. I have relationships with people that I've worked with that are like solid. Like, we say, we love each other like yeah, on the phone like sure. i opened up that door mm -hmm. for that opportunity like to talk about and i i have friends that their history mm -hmm. is that they have families like in addiction or you know they've dealt with their own mental mm -hmm. illness you know and we're like we talk every day and yeah. these people are not even in recovery like i don't yeah, have, cool. like i don't tell them to come to a meeting and i'm like yeah. just like yo what's up like we talk mm -hmm. and hang out and go to lunch they know to respect me you know what i'm saying yeah. they know not to invite me to like a of nighttime course, gathering or something sure. like that I'm not going to feel comfortable at. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's like another thing that happens over time. You just mm -hmm. can't expect that to just happen yeah. one day to the next. So you have to build that confidence you talked about. Mm -hmm. You have to build that integrity. You have to build that honesty with yourself. And like to get a friend, you got to be a friend. Yeah. You have to you learn know, to be a when friend. When I first got clean, like one of my main things, like I needed friends. I don't have any friends. I felt so alone all the time. I just wanted friends. And like I had no ideas. It's like, bro, I've been a shitty friend for 10 years. Like, I don't know how to be a friend. And honestly, through sponsorship, it's like my first relationship with a dude. Yeah. Where I was like, because I would be like, man, he does this or he doesn't do that. Or like, I would judge my sponsor. Yeah. And then I'm like, I don't pay this motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, what am I Yeah, when my sponsor's when my sponsor's like, oh, you answered my call in two days. I'm like, so what? Call somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't get paid don't for this, bro. Like, you. dude, I'm going through shit in my head. I'm, I'm my like, own dude. Bro, yeah. I'm going through it. You know, yeah. let, let me be. It for... really takes being a sponsor to understand what it's like. But I tell I tell yeah. my sponsors straight up, like, yo, mm -hmm. like, listen, bro, like, I am no bigger or less than you. Like, 
yo, just. I, my sponsor is no, I'm more fucked up than them. Yeah, <laughs> I tell them, I, I straight up tell them, like, yo, mm -hmm. like when they tell me like some crazy shit, like they're going through, I'm like, mm -hmm. well, was she hot? You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> they're like, what? You're supposed to say no. I'm like, well, no, I'm just like, do you have a picture? Like, should have killed them. You know, yeah. <laughs> should have said, said something. For sure. But yeah, man, that's uh, that's the journey that we're on, man. That's Absolutely. uh, I appreciate you coming on the show, yeah, dude. Thank you. Uh, I know Thank it's you. a long drive. It was worth it, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. It's appreciate an honor you, and a privilege to be here. Let me know when you get back on 75 Heart. Hopefully in 75 February days. 1st. February 1st. February 1st. That's when start. you get back yeah, on Yeah, so you already be 30 days in. Well, you'll be like 20-something days. God willing. Yeah. So. Cool. You will. Thank you. All right, brother. Appreciate it, bro. Yes, sir. This show is not affiliated with any specific 12-step program. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind, please call 833-999-1877 to speak to a specialist. The show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com.